Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and I want to welcome you into Locked On Coyotes. We're on episode episode number 27, and a pretty uh, somber mood for this episode. Uh, another uh, quick, near-instant recap um, of another Coyotes game. This time it was the Coyotes' loss to the Calgary Flames, a 4-3 to overtime loss, and a team that went four and three on this road trip all right let me rephrase that who got three out of four points is what i meant to say on this road trip uh, to alberta a quick two-game hitter and uh, for the most part you'd say yeah three out of four points that's great and a successful road trip and not to take away from what happened because it is it is a successful road trip uh, getting three out of four points Playing on the road in two really tough arenas is impressive for a team trying to take that next step, but uh, the way it happened definitely doesn't leave a good taste in the mouth. Uh, the Coyotes at one point up 3-1 to one pretty late in the third period uh, surrender the lead with uh, uh, just a little under three minutes to go. Uh, uh, we'll take a look at the scoring summary. Keller got things started for the Coyotes with his second of the year at 8.29 in the first. And then no scoring was done until 4.09 of the second. It was Christian Dvorak, his sixth, from Kessel and Golikowski. And then Johnny Gaudreau at 17.16 gets himself a power play goal. Um, we'll talk about the penalty count a little bit. It has been uh, rough sledding for the Arizona Coyotes, a team that uh, had the best penalty kill in the NHL last season. It is not the case this year, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but in the third period, things were looking up. Vinny Henestroza scores his first of the season. He's been struggling um, this year. I'm, I, I think he would agree that maybe not the greatest start to his year that he was hoping for, but um, it's uh, one of those where he finally gets that first goal and... It's uh, It was a big one, especially in that moment. It came at 10.31, so 9.29 to go. Coyotes up 3-1. Uh, they really put the lock, the clamps down on Edmonton, even though that game did end up going to overtime. Um, and they gave up a lead pr- pretty late, about the same point as they did to the Flames, up 3-1. to one. You think, okay, they're going to lock it down. And uh, Matthew Kachuk gets one off a deflection, again on the power play. And then Mark Giordano, uh, 49 seconds later, scores his fourth of the year and then in overtime it was Matthew Kachuk a three-point night for him so um, Phil Kessel in that overtime period he was out there for two different shifts and he just didn't look like he had it in the tank Uh, just had a hard time skating back had a hard time keeping up and um, you know Phil Kessel never known as the speediest guy in the world I don't think uh, he's not necessarily the slowest guy, but especially as he gets older, um, playing a lot of games, um, just had a hard time keeping up in the overtime period. And at the end, I don't know if he was at a gas. He looked like he was in pain. He wasn't pushing off on that right foot. He was kind of spinning his hips, using that left foot to stride. Couldn't get to any pucks. It looked, you know, you kind of look at it from a distance. You say, oh, he's just tired. He can't get off. But... Uh, Maybe it is. Maybe it is fatigue, and and maybe his legs just couldn't hold up in that spot. But uh, for a guy who's a a really good athlete, a guy who's uh, 
played a lot of games. Uh, he doesn't really stay hurt. He doesn't get hurt. He doesn't miss a lot of games due to injury. Um, for him to not be able to to move like that is very concerning. I, again, he couldn't push off on his right skate. Uh, he did a, a couple times before that goal went in, but you could tell he was really just trying to move around with that left skate, um, kind of hunched over a little bit. So for Phil Kessel, I'd, you worry for him. Again, a guy that plays a lot of games, doesn't get hurt very much. If uh, yeah, And to not get hurt in the NHL, obviously sometimes injuries are just freak things. Um, you know, like Jordan Osterle with the puck to the head and last year with Nick Schmaltz and his knee. But um, even then, you, you got to be really well kind of fit. You got to have great conditioning, um, great muscles, and, and, you know, a body that doesn't, you know, just break down easily. Um, and for Phil Kessel not to be able to move like that, it was... It was a tough sight to see. So I again, no injury news, no reports of anything that was uh, particularly concerning necessarily, but um, just a, a tough one for the Coyotes. Uh, Nick Schmaltz had a couple of fantastic opportunities in the overtime period. Uh, passed up one where it's on the left wing. I thought he should have ripped it, and he just uh, tried to pass it up, and it didn't work. The second one, though, uh, he gets a lot of flack for. He tried to drop it off to a uh, driving Phil Kessel and um, kind of a weird play because he's cutting into the middle of the ice on his backhand and again if he shoots it wouldn't have been a bad play but it's kind of far out especially for a backhand shot Rick kind of has the angle knocked down tries to drop it off for Kessel he knows he's coming in um, again, I don't think it would have been the, a bad play if he shot it, but I also don't think he made the wrong decision trying to throw it back out in front. I think it, if, again, always hindsight 2020, if he gets set to Kessel, that's a better opportunity. And, you know, we're talking about how Nick Schmaltz is an absolute wizard trying to drop it back out in front. And instead, we're, t- you know, the narrative is, is driven as well. He, he passed up some opportunities. And if he did, in on one of them, he really did. But. Uh, the most recent one that he was involved in just couldn't get out in front. And that was the one that really uh, turned it around. Uh, they, the Flames went back the other way, and the Coyotes got hemmed in their own zone. Uh, nearly got themselves to a shootout, but just couldn't do it. Auntie Ranta had a, a difficult night. Again, I don't think it was terrible, especially the, the two goals that went in. Um, in the third, Kachuk's, he deflected it, and then Giordano, his shot, deflected off of Demers' stick. Um, and Demers was out there to block a shot, and it was, again, just kind of an awkward bounce. He was holding his stick out to his left, and it was pretty far out, so it wasn't like it was in on his body, and it just, uh, the shot was going to go right into Auntie Ronta, and instead it hit the bottom part of the shaft and redirected, hit the post, and went in. So, again, Ronta uh, thought the first goal wasn't the greatest, and maybe the overtime goal wasn't either, but uh, especially in overtime with his team, exhausted he didn't get much help um the coyotes just had a hard time the flames uh, outshot the coyotes 17 to 9 on tiranta to allow four goals but he also made 39 saves so still an impressive showing for him got a chance to get kemper the night off you gotta think kemper does come back and start on thursday kind of a again a weird schedule we'll jump into that as well uh, but the coyotes um uh Real tough 
real tough spot for them. Um, three to four on the road trip. And again, you if we talked Sunday or even Monday morning and said three to four on a road trip, yeah, I'll take that. They'll be in a great spot. Again, not that they're not in a great spot, but just the way this game ends, uh, just not the not not the prettiest of ways and, and not the, the easiest ones to swallow. But um, a Coyotes team that I think has a lot of good veteran leadership who's been through some tough times and they know how to kind of break the funk and get back and win. Um, they'll have the opportunity to do so when they return home. They'll play Thursday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Wednesday, a day off. So instead of watching Coyotes hockey, uh, you can treat yourself to the meal that you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Once again, you, the listener, can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. And again, uh, the Coyotes are headed back home. They'll play at home for two games: Columbus Saturday, Minnesota, or uh, Columbus Thursday. Tries again. And then Minnesota on Saturday, the uh, Blue Jackets, excuse me, have uh, lost uh, tonight. They lost to the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. to one. The Wild, a big comeback against the Anaheim Ducks. They won 4-2. to two. So Coyotes playing two teams that I think uh, feel that they should be in a better spot, especially if you're Minnesota. I think they definitely have more talent. Um, especially getting Matt Zuccarello, but um, they're just uh, kind of in a bad spot, kind of in that awkward spot too, right? They do have that talent, but you got to feel that it might be rebuild time in St. Paul and then the Columbus Blue Jackets who uh, beat the best regular season team in NHL history in a playoff series last year are uh, now kind of on a in a weird spot, they lost uh, maybe their two best players in Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. So uh, I think the expected drop-off has come, but um, definitely not as... I didn't think they were going to fall as hard as they did. They currently sit uh, near the bottom of the Eastern Conference, only four points out of dead last, and a minus 17 goal differential. So... Uh, Tough times for the Blue Jackets as well. So the Coyotes, uh, who come off uh, a brutal road trip where they feel that they should have gotten four points, they get three. Um, maybe a chance to, to take advantage of some teams struggling to find their game right now. But it just gets, I wouldn't say weird, but it's it just doesn't get any better after that. The Coyotes back on the road again. So they play Saturday at home and then have to fly to Washington, D.C. to play the Capitals on Monday. And then right after that, they have to get on a plane and go back to St. Louis. Um, or not back to, but they go to St. Louis, play on Tuesday, then have a day off Wednesday, go to Minnesota, and then come back home for a Saturday game with Calgary. So a lot of games and a lot of days. And again, yes, this is the life of an NHL team, right? It's Nobody's going to feel sorry for the Coyotes in the league and all that, but it's just the way the schedule has been set up, uh, a little ridiculous, right? They go on a four-game road trip uh, across the country, 
which, again, they had adequate time to prepare for. They had two days off before they played the Rangers on October 22nd, so it wasn't necessarily that big of a deal. But uh, So they go on this four-game road trip on the East Coast. Then they come home, and they got to play the next day. And, again, I think part of that was uh, Thursday night football being on Halloween in Arizona. Um, then they get two days off, and then they play Colorado. But then they get one day off, play a back-to-back, get home by tomorrow, but then play Thursday, day off Friday, play Saturday, and then again, travel across the country, play, and then Washington-St. Louis, that's that's not, again, obviously no one's flying the plane from the team, but that's not an easy flight, right? It, when you talk about back-to-backs, uh, you're not always going to get the easy back-to-back, especially when you're in the Western Conference of you know, the Islanders and the Devils, or the Rangers, Islanders, Rangers, Devils, you know, in that metro area. But, man, to go from Washington to St. Louis and have to play again, nobody's going to feel sorry for the Coyotes, but definitely you kind of look at the schedule and you scratch your eyebrows and they got to come right back home and uh, not only play a game on, on the 16th, which is a Saturday, but they got to play an afternoon game. So they get back from a night game in Minnesota on Thursday, and then got to turn right around and less, uh, way less than 48 hours later, uh, pretty much nearly 36 hours later, going to have to play again against the Calgary Flames. Um, schedule seems to ease up a little bit. Again, they play the 16th, they play the Flames. Uh, the 18th, they get the Kings, and they get two days off before they host the Maple Leafs. Then a quick Saturday afternoon game in Los Angeles before, um, which is the the first of a back-to-back, they come home to play Edmonton on the 24th. And again, as as you get closer to November, things start to ease up. Guys have already played a lot of games, especially on the road against Eastern Conference teams. So um, good start. But then at the beginning of December, a four-game road trip that includes stops in Columbus, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. So uh, kind of a, a busy time. For the Coyotes, and again, nobody's going to feel sorry for them. A lot of teams have to do this. It's kind of an odd way uh, things have been scheduled, and, and the Coyotes have been on the wrong end of scheduling the past few years. And, uh, you know, it'll, it only tests this team, right, as a team that's uh, trying to find that, that experience and find that stranglehold. And um, But I think the good thing for Arizona is that because they're playing all these games early, they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of opportunities at home, uh, especially if they need to, to wrap up a playoff spot. Uh, you take a look in March; they have a five game uh, home stand in the middle of March when it really matters the most, um, and then so they have a five game home stand, and then after that they play two games in five days. One of them being in Los Angeles, one of them being in Las Vegas. So even though they play those two games in five days uh, on the road, they're not uh, very far away. you got to think that after the Los Angeles game, they come back home for a couple days, go up to Vegas. And then after the Vegas game, they get two days off, come back, play Nashville before they have to go up to San Jose and then Colorado. So again, you, you're playing these kind of weird schedules and it can get tough, but especially for the Coyotes, the opportunity to really get some of these hard games out of the way when you're a little more fresh, you're not as tired, your body isn't as beat up. And uh, again, the a team that 
can go on the road, if they can pick up some key victories uh, against some really good competition. After this road trip, there's only, uh, again, a, a couple more Eastern Conference road trips. I get take, get kicked out of the way pretty easy. Obviously, got to go to Washington. And then they do Columbus, Philly, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, a place the Coyotes have always struggled to win. But uh, then after that, they really only have one more serious East Coast road trip, and that is to Florida, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So, um, And then, uh, sorry, second to last serious Eastern Conference road trip, but the big one um, is going to be Boston, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa. That is a four-game stretch in six days. So, um, again, a, a tough Tough sledding for the Coyotes ahead, but if they can get through the the first week of December, they don't have to take any crazy uh, road trips. Uh, So they'll play that one where um, they go to Columbus, Philly, Pittsburgh, Chicago, then they're home for three, go to San Jose, then back for Minnesota, a couple days off, then they do have a back-to-back against Detroit, Nashville. But after that back-to-back, that's their bye week as they get four, four days off before they play the Golden Knights. So, again, the Coyotes kind of in a tough spot. But, uh, again, if you're a team, especially trying to make the playoffs, a younger team in terms of uh, playoff experience in high-pressure situations, getting some of those games that are going to beat you up and, and take the energy out of you and even just getting on a plane can uh, take some energy away. Uh, good to get those out of the way now. And if the Coyotes can continue to rack up the points, uh, really set themselves up for a good situation as they head into uh, the most important months of the season. So as we always do here on Locked on Coyotes, we'll take a look around the league, see what uh, the Coyotes, uh, or what the what happened around the league and how it affected the Coyotes. Again, a busy night on Tuesday. We'll start with a few games that didn't really pertain too much to the Coyotes. Uh, Islanders win their 10th straight over the Senators 4-1. to Cal Clutterbuck scores his first. Bardot scores his uh, first of in the NHL, Sezikis his first, and then Josh Bailey his sixth. Um, the Flyers over the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are not looking as invincible as they were a uh, couple weeks ago. Um, the last ten, they're four, five, and one. So um, not the prettiest of games for Carolina. Not the prettiest of weeks for Carolina, but I'm confident they could turn it around as. They're kind of in a tough division there with both the Capitals and the Islanders. The Golden Knights, as we talked about earlier, off two Riley Smith goals. Took down the Blue Jackets in Columbus. A huge rivalry, Canadians-Bruins. The Bruins have been rolling, but on the second night of a back-to-back where they had to come back against the Penguins, um, they lose 5-4. to four. The Game winner from Ben Sherratt, his second of the year. Victor Mete scores twice for Montreal as well. David Posternock continues to be unbelievably on fire. He gets his 15th of the season on the power play. Clifton, uh, Bjork, and Corrali also score for Boston, the Maple Leafs, and the Kings. Alexander Kerfoot scores his fifth. Austin Matthews is 12th. Nylander his fourth as they take down Los Angeles 3-1. I follow the lone goal scorer. For the Kings, the Devils in a shootout beat the Jets 2-1. Nico Heeshear, the only goal scorer in regulation for New Jersey. For Winnipeg, Andrew Kopp has uh, headed over to Dallas. Dallas, another team that had started pretty poorly, but 
is on their way, a team that was a goal away from the stand, or the Western Conference Final last year. They pick up their four straight victory as they start to climb out of the abyss a little bit. They take down the Avalanche, who um, quickly showing that maybe they are really just a, a three-man team as they've lost their third straight. They're 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, not looking good for the Avs right now as Dallas knocking on the doorstep at their 17 points, just a point behind Colorado. We'll talk about standings in just a moment. Uh, a game that I got a chance to watch the end of the Blues on a 3-on-0. Uh, it was a puck that got rimmed around, and uh, the Canucks all got tangled up in the corner over each other, and uh, 3-on-0 eventually put away by Jordan Schwartz, his second goal of the season. Again, another tight game. I think you're starting to see scoring drop just a tad. Uh, Bozak, the goal scorer for the Blues, his first. And Quinn Hughes, who had a kind of an ugly moment in Anaheim where his leg was got twisted up. Good to see him back in the lineup. And he gets a goal. So uh, the Canucks, unfortunately for the Coyotes, do get a point. But in the Blues, stay 10-3-3. And, and the Wild, the Ducks, um, didn't think they'd fall off this fast, but they're starting to Head back towards uh, towards some darker darker days, as the Wild, who were down two to one or two to nothing at one point, two goals from Raquel and Larson, a little under 30 seconds apart. It actually uh, looks like about 25 seconds apart. But in the second, Kevin Fiala scores, and then the third, Matt as he got out of the box, tied the game. Eric Stahl gets the game winner, and then Parisi with the empty net. At 17:48, and then the Sharks, who uh, another team trying to dig their way out of it, they take down the Blackhawks, four to two. Patrick Marlowe, his third. Evander Kane, shorthanded. Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer in the third period, and Saad and Duncan Keith in the third for Chicago. So uh, a valiant effort for the Blackhawks. They pulled within one, but could not come back on the Sharks. So after tonight's action, taking a look at the standings, we'll look in the Western Conference. The Coyotes could be at 21 points right now and in front of the Canucks with 10 wins instead. They are tied with, or uh, one behind the Canucks at 9-4-2. and two in, That is good for third in the division. Um, first in the Pacific, Edmonton 22. They had the night off in Vancouver, losing in overtime. As now they have 21 points. And... Uh, it's it's competitive in the Pacific. You take a look at the top five teams. Edmonton, 22. Vancouver, 21. Arizona, Vegas, and Calgary all with 20. And then Anaheim with 19. Um, and then San Jose, Los Angeles hovering near the bottom. The Sharks got to be quick if, if they want to be in the race. Got to get it turned around. Los Angeles maybe finally uh, sitting in their resting place uh, in last place, a team that has won a couple cups in the decade. Uh, it might be time for the rebuild. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, take a look at the Central. The Blues win again. That's their fifth straight. They're 10 3 and 3 with 23 points. Uh, the Predators, who won last night, uh, stay at 20 points. And the Avs, three game losing streak. They have 18 points in the Central. I'll keep saying a lot of people thought the Central were going to be competitive, including myself. I thought it was going to be mildly competitive. At least a little bit better than the Pacific, but Pacific right now is showing they had the firepower in the Central. Uh, uh, the 
two teams that are even close to a wild card spot three games out, and they have three Pacific teams log jammed in front of them, Chicago and Minnesota, both tied for the basement in the central. Quick look at the East, the Capitals in first, 25 points. They've won four straight. And even though the Islanders have won 10 straight, still not enough to jump in front of the Capitals. They have 22 points. The Hurricanes, losers of their last two, are 9-5-1 and one in the Atlantic. Boston finally loses, but they still stay in first place. Uh, nothing has changed really from last night, except that Toronto jumps in front of Florida. Florida did not play as well. Um, and then Buffalo idle tonight. Looking at the wild card, Florida-Montreal. Occupy those two spots, then Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Tampa, Columbus, New Jersey, the Rangers, the Senators, and the Red Wings in that order down the line in the Eastern Conference. So uh, tough sledding right now in the Pacific, but the Coyotes do get three out of four, get a chance on Thursday. So uh, speaking of that game Thursday, we'll talk about a little bit about that tomorrow. Uh, any updates on Coyotes news and notes, obviously, again, as always, take a look around the league. So appreciate you joining me here on Locked on Coyotes. I hope you have a great rest of your night or whenever you get a chance to listen to this. And remember, we hope you stay Locked on Coyotes.